0: as the lane, 15-10. Touchdown, Chargers!
1: What's up, guys? We're back with another episode of Chargers Weekly. As always, joined by Matt Money-Smith. And, Money, we're in this second wave of free agency. Still a lot to get into. Morgan Fox is back. Nazier Adderley retired. Yeah. you tranquil. Chiefs. Austin Eckler was on Chris Long's podcast, so still uh, a lot to get into. Where do you want to start?
0: Well, I guess we'll start with Drew because we've talked about him quite a bit, and, and yeah. you know, this is what we expected. Is as soon as Eric Kendricks was signed by the Chargers, that that meant Drew was out. Um, it, it's funny; it goes back to kind of like what I was talking about with Chenna, and it's you know, the you just the market. A lot of times, it's not what you think it's going to be. You know, I'm incredibly surprised that that Drew and his agent took a one-year $5 million deal, but certainly they know the market better. Um, And again, you know, Young ascending versus player in its peak, he ends up being cheaper than Kendrick's, which I don't think any of us could have possibly projected. But, you know, I I guess the way I look at it, Chris, is, you know, the defense has not been good the last two years. And whether or not that's Drew's fault or not, I can't say I think he's an exceptional player, uh, a super heady, instinctual player. You know, there's a reason why he got the green dot for the back, you know, eight, nine games of that season. And, um, you know, I think I think he'll be missed. Now, that said, you know, maybe there's something that I'm not seeing, you know, that, that my football brain can't see. But the coaches can. And they like the way Kendricks plays the position, perhaps more for Brandon's scheme, the players that are around him, than what Drew does. Um, but just from my, you know, sort of observations, he's so instinctual. Um, just the, the the way he times his blitzes is as good as any linebacker in the league. Um, I think the one issue with Drew, if you really want to nitpick a little bit, is You know, there's some there's some angles, there's some missed tackles in there, there's some broken tackles, sometimes in key moments. And, you know, that's maybe that's something that was just a little too glaring that they figured, you know, Kendricks is a little more reliable in in that or those categories. But yeah, it's a bummer. It's an incredible bummer that he's going to the Chiefs. Um and i think we'll get into this in a little you know a little bit more but you know i think the one thing the chiefs have that people don't realize when they sign all these contracts they have so many young players on rookie contracts that they're able to make moves like this and you know when you're talking about a million to 2 million dollars it may seem like a really small number but it's just it's kind of one of those every last cent is going to count as they try to put this puzzle together
1: yeah you know So the reports are one year, five million, which I'm a little just taken aback in general by by the market for some of these guys, Uh, because whether it's a film room with DJ breaking down everything Drew can do, you've talked about it so many times, how instinctual Drew is, and to go to the Chiefs of all teams, that's kind of loaded at linebacker, right? With with Bolton Bolton and and, and Willie Willie Gay Gay and... That was surprising to me that that he was going to go to the AFC West and play for the Chiefs and and be in a role where you know he's not the guy as the linebacker and, and it's only one year. So you know in, in one on, on one side it's good for Drew because he gets a year to to prove himself with the Chiefs and maybe he gets a big deal there or elsewhere. Um, another market that didn't really materialize that I was a little shocked by was the, this tight end market and Dalton Schultz only getting one year. I think 9 million to play for the Houston Texans. I, I want to get your thoughts on that because we talked about Dalton Schultz last week and, you know, maybe it's something that, you know, as us, you know, doing a podcast and, and watching the game, things we just don't see that, that front offices are, are seeing and, and just seeing the landscape of some of these position groups saying, yeah. Hey, we don't have to pay $9 million for a tight end. We can get one in the draft or, you know, we've seen kind of the linebacker position and the running back position be devalued in the league a little bit, which is why, you know, Kaiser walked and with the Philly and now he's in Arizona. But I was surprised by how much drew got in, in, for the little years that he got. And then same with Dalton Schultz, just one year going to the Texans. Yeah. So I, you know,
0: it seemed like the, you know, because they had Kendrick's, I think a lot of people understood the whole drew thing. It's just, you know, sort of salt in the wound for that. He goes to the Chiefs. but sure. <clears throat> I saw a lot of traffic on social media from charger fans about Schultz. And, you know, it's one year, 9 million bucks. What, what are you doing? How can you not reunite this guy with Kellen Moore? And I don't know. So I kind of start. So I dug into it for today's pod. And sort of here's what I found, right? If you go average annual value, <clears throat> yeah, Dalton Schultz is, is a pretty, is, is a relative bargain. He's 9 million bucks. Um, you know, it's it, on the average annual value scale. It's pretty much kind of like right in it look it's Darren Waller's making 17 million bucks George Kittle 15 Travis Kelsey 14 Dallas Goddard 14 Mark Andrews 14 you know there's your upper echelon right then you kind of come right behind them and you've got sort of the emerging we're betting on the come in Joku Dawson Knox you know those guys are 13 million um Hunter Henry, you know, that would, you know following his rookie deal, 12.5 million. Evan Ingram got franchised. There's eleven and a half million bucks. And then you get Ertz at ten and Schultz at nine. So here's what Schultz did last year with Kellen Moore in one of the, the most high octane offenses in the league, right? Eighty-nine targets, fifty-seven catches, five touchdowns average 10 yards per reception, and a long of 30. So pretty, you know, like, hey, those are good numbers. You know, not great, um, but good numbers. What did Gerald Everett do last year? 87 targets, 58 receptions, four touchdowns, 9.6 yards per reception, and a long of 26. It's almost identical
1: carbon copy it is, it is almost
0: <clears throat> identical what those two players did and yet everyone wants to get out on Everett and get in on Schultz and you're talking about a 4 million dollar cap hit if you cut Gerald Everett because of the signing bonus he's going to make 8.25 million against the cap this year his salary is 5.5 million but with the signing bonus and the two year deal that's what the number is so Dalton Schultz at 9 million becomes a 13 million dollar player if you're getting rid of Everett for the Chargers so essentially to a team that is trying to find every last cent, knowing what's coming with the Justin Herbert contract for people that think Dalton Schultz was like this Travis Kelsey or TJ Hawkinson, or, you know, George Kittle level type Mark Andrews. He wasn't, he was, the production's identical to what Gerald Everett wow. did last year. And it would have cost you an extra five million, six million 6 million bucks to bring him in. So that's, I think that's something that people don't recognize. They just get enamored with the idea, right? They know it's something the different. Cap,
1: that cap hit number money that you mentioned. Yeah. Now, you know, Dolan Schultz is now a $13 million player as opposed to a nine right. million million player.
0: Because you're cutting Gerald Everett and he's got $4 million dead cap because of the signing bonus. So, you know, if it's, if it's if it's George Kittle, if it's Mark Andrews, if it's, you know what I mean, if Hunter Henry's released and you want to bring him back because you have that familiarity, okay. But it's someone who's had a nice career, but he's not one of those elite level tight ends. I know you look, I know Gerald, you know, I I know Everett had some warts. Um, You know, there were some pivotal drops, but let's not forget, man, he was, he was one of the only like solid players in both halves of that game in Jacksonville. He was a hell of a game.
1: He was awesome.
0: Yeah. So I I think, you know, I I think a lot of people want to circle, you know, the Raider game with the drop that they lost you know in in Vegas they want to circle the Chiefs game where he tried to tap out and they didn't see it and he you know runs a lazy route that pick six and that cost them the game but he did a lot of really good things too you know and and I think that's that's a huge number from you know 8.25 against the cap versus 13 against the cap if you're just giving him the same one year deal for Dalton Schultz.
1: I love it I mean that's that's next level analysis by matt money smith <laughs> and i tell you it's it's probably something that kellen moore saw coming here he he knows he can't bring everybody from dallas to la so uh, what are the comps here oh gerald ever can be my dalton schultz uh, yeah. he, he had the same exact numbers and frankly he may be a better athlete like uh, gerald everett is a really really good athlete and yeah. you said that, that jacksonville game he was the the one guy who really showed out especially with no mike williams in that game you know gerald did everything he could um, and really maximize his potential in that wild-card game. So I'm with you there. And then it still leaves open the possibility money of, of getting a guy like Kincaid or uh, the kid from uh, Notre Dame-Mare. You know, th- those yeah, guys Mayer. are still out there, and that's a possibility in the draft, get one of those tight ends on a rookie deal. So uh, that's awesome. I, that's That's really, like, I think for fans – to understand especially the cap hit and everything that goes into it $9 million ain't $9 million if you have to cut a guy with comparable stats um yeah the like uh, I said
0: I mean it was almost exactly the same targets you know two fewer targets one more reception uh 500 and I didn't mention the yards Schultz 577 yards uh Gerald Everett 555 22 fewer yards one fewer that they're identical like in terms of the production last year identical so, you know, again, if you're adding Mark Andrews, Hawkinson, you know, Kittle, Kelsey, fine. I get it. But yeah, to to have to take that kind of hit and, you know, you mentioned the tight end. I'm starting to look, I know he never does it. I get and, I, you know, I don't want to move all over here, but it just kind of you mentioned Kincaid that we've talked about a lot or mayor that we've talked about a lot. I'm starting to think more and more just based on the way free agency has gone. And and look, I would be all for this. I'm always for this. You know, I'm starting to think more and more that there's there's a very good possibility the Chargers trade out. I, I really believe that. I think trade out at talk- 21. I think so. I, I think when you're talking about, especially now that more and more people are starting to think that Hannon Hooker's a first round pick that that he's impressing people and and there may end up being five quarterbacks. You know, if, if you look at the draft order um, – shoot, let me pull it up. I just had it, and I, uh, I lost it there real quick. But if you pull up the, uh, the draft order that someone – may, I think the Vikings are picking at 23 that you may want – you know, DJ has Hooker going to the Vikings at 23 that if you want to jump up, you know, you may have to do that, you know, to get ahead of some of these guys um, if that's who you want to get. And so and, – and I bring it up just because of the way they've behaved in free agency – and how little money they're spending, how they're restructuring to kind of open up this window. And I think one of the things you see, like if I go, um, I should've done this, you know, shows you how poor my preparation is. My apologies. Uh, There's some good alliteration (laughs) there. Listen,
1: you're you're throwing a mind blowing Gerald Everett, Dalton Schultz comparisons. Right off the rip, but give yourself some credit.
0: I think when you look at the Chiefs, you know, with, with Patrick Mahomes on a half a billion dollar deal, just start going through their roster. Trent McDuffie, yeah. rookie. Legereus Sneed, rookie. Jalen Watson, rookie. Nick Bolton, rookie. When I say rookie, I mean they're on their rookie contracts. You know, Derek Nottie, rookie. Or, uh, Karloftis, rookie. Pacheco, rookie. Trey Smith, Creed Humphrey, Sky Moore. Kadarius Tony, still on his rookie contract. Like, they need more of those contracts. They need rookies on this roster. And when you go, you know, so then you contrast that with the Chargers and just remember, even like even veteran minimum contracts, you're talking about two times what a rookie contract is in salary, two three times worth. So, you go through and you see Michael Davis vet contract, Derwin James vet contract, Joey Bosa vet contract, Eric Kendricks, uh, Khalil Mack, Austin Johnson, Sebastian Joseph Day, Morgan Fox, Austin Eckler. These are, and I'm talking second contracts. These guys are all no longer on their rookie deals. Gerald Everett, Trey Pipkins, Corey Lindsley, Keenan Allen. Mike Williams, like that's, that's a lot of money in vets. So in money, these are, these
1: are the guys who were on rookie deals with the chargers, we have to be clear here too. Those weren't guys that Staley drafted, right? So, you know, Tom talks about, uh, drafting, develop, re-signing. It's hard to do that when you have a new coach. Um, and, and you drafted a guy for a specific system. So, you know, for as good as Drew was, and, you know, we're going to miss him around Los Angeles, you know, he he wasn't drafted by Brandon Staley. Right. Um, you know, Eric Hendricks comes in to replace him. So, you know, some of the guys, Uchenna, Justin Jones, those guys, you know, you, you can't bring them back if they don't necessarily fit what your head coach wants to do. So now, yeah. this, like, I, I think that's a great point. You, you have to bring in guys that – are your rookies right, guys that you think can can fit your defensive system, guys who can can fit the, what uh, Kellen Moore wants to do offensively, and maybe you do trade out of that first round pick to get an extra pick or two to start stacking those guys because you said it, yeah. the Chiefs did it, uh, they've started doing it the last couple of years, you know, with all those defensive starters and bringing in guys like Sky Moore, Pacheco, and those guys contributed, Tony, they all contributed to winning a right. Super Bowl
0: yeah Jalen Watson you know and again for the Chargers look Tom's done a heck of a job in his staff drafting yeah you know I, I think we we point out look he's hit on damn near every first rounder Jerry Tiller is the only one you can circle and that was a 28 overall pick but you know when you talk about Jamari Sawyer, Jaseer Taylor you know Michael Davis undrafted Asante Samuel and I'm just kind of going through the guys you know Tito Abonia before he got hurt last year like they're getting like you get starters in the second and third round. Those are starters. If you're good at drafting, those are starters. And so if you can pop out of, you know, 21, pick up a two, you know, maybe a two and a five or something, and then get a one next year, like now you're stacking, you know, and that's what you're just going to have to do with with Herbert, you know, likely going to be making 50 million bucks a year. Um, So I think that's something just to think about. You know, for all the people that are trying to say, hey, is it Jordan Addison? Is it Dalton Kincaid? Is it – it could be John Robinson fall this far. It's it's like, you know what? It's a pretty deep O-line group. It's a deep corner group. Uh, it's a deep defensive end group. And I know those are all premium positions and you tend to get runs on those players. Um, but I think it's something just to kind of pl- – I'm just planting that seed. And, and I'm thinking when you start getting – you know, when you have to contend with a fifty million dollar quarterback contract for one player, you know now you now you have to figure out how to fill holes and create
1: yeah. depth. Guy like JT Woods got to step up in his second year. You know, those are the, those are the rookies that that Brandon Staley has brought onto this football team. Um, one rookie he didn't uh, kind of surprising news before we kind of get into to this upcoming season. Nazir Adderley retiring from the game and I give Nas a lot of credit for understanding that this was the time to do it. I wish him the best and um it's just it's it's I think it's a little shocking to see a, a young player who I think still has a lot of good football in him, depending on where he was going to go, um, hang him up, but you know, he knew this was time.
0: I wonder how much of it is recognizing that the Chargers were going to move on and just and not wanting to deal with the grind, you you know, by all accounts felt like Nas was someone that responded better to positive reinforcement. Mm -hmm. There was the story about his hamstring and what the team interpreted it as and what he felt like it was telling his body and how there was maybe a disconnect between the two parties there. So, and again, it was someone that was drafted in Gus's system Gustav's system is very simple. This is what we do. Let's execute better than everybody else. Go out and make your plays. That's not Brandon's scheme. It's one of the most complicated in the NFL. And perhaps if you feel like you're overwhelmed or you're drowning, it's a lot of stress when you go home and you're the last line of defense. You've been benched for a stretch of the middle of the season. You have essentially get benched for an entire playoff game. That's a lot. It's a lot for someone that, that dealt with some injuries as well. So, uh, it, it's sad. You know, I, 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 it, it does. It makes me sad. It's I like Nas, and I thought he was an incredible he was a heck player, a player coming player, out of Del- Delaware. I believe we saw – just having this conversation last night. I said, you know, you, you saw the tape from Delaware, just how good he was at tracking the ball, at catching the ball. You know, you always hear, well, they're not wide receivers because they can't catch. That's why they're defensive backs. They track the ball well, they just can't catch it. Nas could catch it. So to see the way he played at Delaware being available in the second round with all that production, particularly interception production, the way he played in that 49ers game and that final preseason contest, his rookie season, and then the injury shows up. And from there, it it just never quite – he was never able to rebound, and it's, it's a bummer. Yeah. I, I wish him well. I hope. I hope whatever it is that he seeks to do with the remainder. And that's, I think what people forget about football players while they're so busy throwing the labels on them. You know, this person's a bust and this person has let us down. You know, this is, this is a young man. This is a guy that's 25 years old. That's now got to figure yeah. out what he's going to do with the rest of his life. After assuming he was going to play football for 10, 15 years, have a pension, be able to live off, you know, and invest well. And, you know, re- re- essentially retire from this line of work but have enough money to be able to do that and start you know now this guy's got to start at 25 on a you know after four years on a second round picks salary so I I wish him well I hope it all works out
1: yeah no question Uh, another guy that they brought back Morgan Fox uh, I don't think this was surprising this was big to to pair him with Sebastian the way Morgan played last year he had his best year as a pro and uh, I, I think This team needs players like that to kind of lead the way in Brandon Staley's defense. Money,
0: I can't believe they got him for what they got him for. Just going back to your mention of of Drew getting a one year five million dollar deal, I would have thought for sure that Morgan Fox was going to be a a casualty of, of them needing. To save money and to get him back. What is it at with his free number. agency
1: period, man? It's it's a weird free agency period to me.
0: Don't know, I I really don't. You know, there've been some big look offensive linemen got paid right, so that's a premium position. Offensive linemen got paid. Now look, you know Tremaine Edmonds, T.J. Edwards, those guys got giant contracts. So there's there's some out there for sure. You know, but but especially offensive, but. You know, I think you, you see Laramie Tunsil, $25 million. Orlando Brown got, I think, $50 bucks up front. Juwan Taylor got Taylor. a $60 million deal. Mike McGlinchy got an $87 million deal. Trey Pipkins got his $25 million deal. So there was money thrown around, but it was thrown around very, I don't want to say carefully, specifically. It, it was an offensive line free agent year. Last year was a wide receiver free agent year. This was a linebacker free agent year. So and once you get those big contracts out of the way, we're now in that second wave of free agency. And these are the deals that you see and and these are the deals that re- ultimately pay off. The the players that are getting the the giant you know, the giant numbers, you always got to ask yourself, what, what are we what are we doing here? Like what are we why, why is this? Why is Jawan Taylor being, you know, let go at a super premium position that you never want to let go of when you're uh, a team? You draft. You, you. DJ mentioned this on his podcast on Move the Sticks this week. I can't remember how he worded it, but the percentage of, I think it goes like this: the percentage of first round picks that are still on the team that drafted them for a second contract is highest with quarterbacks, second highest with offensive linemen. It is draft go. and stay because they once you have one, you're not letting them go. So that's what's interesting about the guys that do move. And Orlando Brown is now on his third team. And that's someone and now he was not a first round pick, but he was a pro bowler and was let go, you know, was traded to Kansas City and Kansas City won a Super Bowl with him and it's like we're good. You can go. And now they're replacing him with a guy that's never played left tackle. Maybe like a couple snaps that they're going to move from right tackle to left tackle. And that's the kind of risk you got to take. So that's a long way to get to your point of what's going on this free agency period. There's been money out there. You know, money's moved around in trades. Brandon Cooks, Darren Waller, some of these guys are moving in in trades. And it's a lot of money. We mentioned Darren Waller's $17 million salary. So Johnnie Smith. Twelve and a half million bucks moves to Atlanta to, to reunite with Arthur Smith. So there's money moving around. It just some years it's weird, and and I I guess the best way to put it is this: this has been a little bit of a weird year for value, and teams still don't have a lot of money to spend.
1: Yeah, the Chargers Chargers benefit from that. Bring in Morgan Fox back, um, and you know you talk about this right tackle, left tackle, whatever it is, getting Trey Pipkins back looks better and better when you look at the salaries that are being doled out around the league. All right, guys, quick break. As the official hospitality provider of the NFL, On Location offers unrivaled access to experience all premier NFL events like never before. On Location brings you up close for all the action, providing fans with unforgettable moments from draft day to Super Bowl Sunday and everything in between. On location, thrilled to announce its new partnership with the Pro Football Hall of Fame. This August, kickoff football season in Canton, Ohio, and be there live to witness the class of 2023 enshrinement. The NFL also headed back to London and Germany for the 2023 NFL International Games. On location, official packages will feature game tickets, deluxe hotel accommodations, private tours, pregame hospitality, end-to-end planning, and much more. Be sure to secure your priority access today. Visit nflonlocation.com or search NFL On Location today. Your football experience of a lifetime awaits only with On Location. Um, One position that always seems devalued is the running back position. Austin Eckler was on Chris Long's podcast um, kind of discussing his current situation and, you know, just paraphrasing. He said, hey, it's not like I want to be out of L.A. I hate the Chargers because I want to be back. But he just wants to be back on on different terms, and he says he's uh, outplayed his contract. He's you know going to score 20 touchdowns this year for whoever team he plays for, um, and this is where it just gets interesting. And I I see both sides of this, man. I I see the front office side as it relates to the running back position, and I certainly see the player's side. And you know I always feel like at some point, and and I saw somebody. Uh, tweet this or, or write about it i don't remember who it was but um it's so true like i i think that running backs should be able to hit free agency earlier in their career because that position gets beat up and by the time you're 30 your career is done you know so if you want to get paid i'll never forget i remember 2012 when the now washington Commanders drafted rg3 right Uh, They drafted a running back named Alfred Morris in the seventh round ends up breaking John Riggins, rushing record, right? He was awesome for the first two or three years of his career, but he was a seventh round pick never got paid. And by the time his contract was up, it was over, you know, he he wasn't going to get that big money contract. So I I see the running back side of this. Um, As far as Austin is concerned, listen, I I get his frustrations. um, But at the same time, there's a lot of running backs out there right now that you could plug in and they could be a, you know, a, a one, two punch or a, a, a primary runner. And I don't want to say you're not going to miss a beat, but you know, the way that the chargers offense is constructed money when you have Keenan and Mike and, and Gerald um, and whoever else is going to be in the backfield this year, that's still a lot of weapons. Josh Palmer still a lot of weapons for Justin Herbert.
0: This is where, Two things. One, Austin could not have been more classy in the way he answered the question and explained the situation. Didn't take shots at the Chargers, and and he shouldn't. It's a team that that put him on a roster undrafted out of Western Colorado, essentially chose him over the first-round pick, Melvin Gordon, when they gave him that four-year, $28 million extension. He got paid early. He got paid on potential, what they envisioned coming so I'm not saying he was always underpaid or always or, or at, at one moment he was overpaid, but they they gave him money based on what they thought was to come. He was it was a it was a running back by committee to some degree. Melvin was still the lead back and they said, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna give you a lot of money for a second running back. We're we're gonna give you twenty whatever it was, twenty six or twenty eight million bucks. I don't remember what the contract was, but it was four years, yeah. somewhere between those two. So I think he appreciates that. I think he recognizes, you know, this isn't just because the last two years I've severely outperformed this contract, doesn't mean that, that there's some sort of, you know, ill will or malice directed at him from the Chargers when he asks for a new deal. I think it, so that's, that's one thing I, I want to acknowledge because some players, they don't behave, you know, they don't, I shouldn't say behave, they don't present things that way. They get angry, they take shots. And they forget, let's not forget where you know where where you were when this contract came. You know, you got a first round pick who's playing at a pretty decent level in in Melvin Gordon, and they gave you this money. So I think he recognized that. My second thing is probably didn't see, and the agent probably did not find anything out there. And so now he's got to sort of regroup. Understand? I don't want to leave the Chargers. I want things to work out with them if they found what they want that's not going to be the position it's there's other people that value my services more in line with what i believe i should be compensated and even though i'm going to miss the chargers it's time for us to each go our separate ways because clearly we're at different points in our careers and have different visions of what i'm worth you know so my guess is he didn't find it yeah he still said he's going to relentlessly give him pursue
1: he still he says, i'm going to relentlessly pursue whatever that is, whatever that team is in that contract. And and I, it seems like you said, I've it's always thought a that work in progress.
0: Yeah. I've always thought this, the, the solution to this is going to be a short extension from the chargers. Yeah. They'll tack on a year. Cause he look, he's going to be 28 in a month or in two months. Right. So he's going to play this season at 28. He'll play next season at 29. And from there, that's it. You know, they just, that's it go go look at the the numbers there are no 30 year old running backs that are still contri- you know people want to point to the christian McCaffrey contract he's two years younger so that's a huge difference because once running backs get to 29 that's when teams are just going no not going to do it we yeah. it's it's happened too many times when you give the extension and it and do i think austin could be an outlier 100 percent. he busts his tail he's in incredible shape yeah, but just the the that's that's more thinking with as a fan and as as a fan of Austin, as a fan of the Chargers, that's what you want to see happen. But what history tells you and what statistics tell you is, it's not going to. So you can't afford to tie up 12, 14 million bucks in a guy in his age 30 and thirty one season, which is why I think what I'm guessing is, He's going to be a charger next year, whether or not it's going to be a little acrimonious and it's a hold in and he just plays on this last year, $6.25 million deal, you know, $6.25 million that's left on his contract from the extension, or if they are able to figure something out and tack on another year, maybe bump that thing up a little bit, maybe give him an extra million bucks, you know, extra two million bucks or something from the last two years of production as a, Hey, thanks. You know, here's some extra scratch. We do appreciate you. It's just the economics of the game. It's, it's the reality of the position, your situation, and what history tells us, you know, what, when we use history as a guide, what it looks like. And that's, unfortunately for Austin at this, this age at at 27, this year turning 28 in May and then 29 next year, that's, that's typically it. And then it's all
1: going to be prove it deals. So money, what do you think the mindset of the Chargers and Tom Telesco in the front office is at this point because you did you granted him permission to to seek uh, a trade and to talk to other teams. As far as you know right now, he's probably still doing that and, you know, trying to figure out what the landscape is. At the same time, you have to take care of your team. Not knowing if Austin's going to go somewhere and get a deal that that he likes and the Chargers like, what do you do as the general manager uh, as far as the running game is concerned. Are, are you good with the guys you currently have? Do you sign a veteran? There's a lot of them out there no, right now. there's no or, vets. Or, no?
0: It goes back to what we were talking about, how they need more rookies on rookie contracts for, for depth. So my guess is the compensation that they would consider trading Austin for, if I had to guess, it there's no way it's anything less than a two. It's got to be a two. And my guess is that's where they fill the running back. They draft Charbonnet in the second or something along those lines. It would be another rookie. So that's – and otherwise, Austin's coming back. We'll we'll get a team's two. We'll have our one. We'll have two twos. We can figure something out. And if if Robinson's there at 21, take him because now you've got the extra second to fill another position. There's your two that you don't have to trade out of. Right? So that's – that's what I figure they would do is it's going to be a rookie or it's going to be Austin. You know, be Josh Kelly, Isaiah Spiller, a rookie or Josh Kelly, Isaiah Spiller, Austin Eckler are the two options yeah. moving forward. That's my guess.
1: Yeah. And that's the name. The name Isaiah Spiller is the one that we're still just, you know, wait, wait and see. And you hope that that's the guy that pops, right? I, I mean, have no idea. We have no, we have no clue. <laughs> no idea.
0: Yeah, no clue no, no idea so I would draft a running back every year though that's what I would do I, I would take one every single year I would draft offensive linemen every year I, I would draft two offensive linemen every year I would draft a running back every year I'd draft a wide receiver we've had this conversation <laughs> I, my team doesn't play defense as a general manager I don't I figure that out whatever I don't want to talk about defense I'm in a, I'm in an division hey. with Patrick Mahomes we he can't be stopped Speaking, so, of
1: that, speaking of that, are you comfortable with Easton Stick as your number two?
0: So a couple things there. One, selfishly, yes. He's one of my favorite players on the roster. He's, he's as he's, good of a dude. Awesome. awesome dude. He's the best guy. And the reason I bring that up after, I think last week, we discussed the emotional, you don't want to get caught with these guys. So the reason I bring that up is that's a huge part of his role. Is what is your disposition? What kind of person are you? You're the backup quarterback. You're here to support Justin. You're here to do everything you can to make him the best quarterback he can be. Now, be ready if your number's called, but you're here to support him. Easton's, you want to be around him. He's just a great dude. And I think he and Herbert are very similar guys. North Dakota, Oregon, they both are outdoorsmen. So, I think that goes a long way is to have that connection. It was Phillip and Kellen Clements. There was just a level of comfort there. And that's why this, you know, is in our room. Easton is incredibly smart, incredibly smart. So that helps too. Justin comes off the field. Easton's the type of player that processes lightning fast. So when Justin comes off and immediately comes to the sideline and, you know, there's Doug Nussmeyer's quarterback coach and, and, uh, and, and, uh, Easton, what did you see? Bang, bang, bang! Easton saw it all right away. Yeah. That—that's the asset. The second thing is something we brought up a couple weeks ago. Does Kellen Moore want to bring Cooper Rush with him? Much like Joe Lombardi brought Chase Daniel. So it also tells me what kind of guy Kellen Moore is. That because I'm sure they're making the same money. Any, you know, Cooper could be his. You know, if Kellen's upstairs Colin plays, Cooper's down there for Kellen next to, next to Justin to be an extension of Kellen. For Kellen to recognize, no, we're fine. You know, Justin likes this guy. I, I'm not going to force my guy on Justin. I want Justin Herbert to be comfortable. So I want him to have his guy. I think that says a lot about the type of coach that, that Kellen Moore is. That instead of shoving his guy on him like Joe did, no, you need you need Chase Daniel in that room. I need to have Chase here. All right, now we got to carry three quarterbacks because Justin really likes Easton, but Joe really likes Chase. There goes a roster spot. It's a complete waste of 1.8 million bucks in my opinion for Chase Daniel, and you know it's it's a double whammy. Now you can get away with carrying two quarterbacks instead of three, and Kellen and Justin are totally good with the quarterback room.
1: Question mark is obviously. Um, listen, I, I always, I always subscribe to this. We we spend so much money on quarterbacks in the NFL, and this is a very violent sport. You know, knock on wood. If anything happens, and and you're down your first string quarterback for a month, you have to ask yourself: Can can my backup hold down the fort for a month? Right? Can, can they win? Can they go two and two? Can they go three and one? And I. I I'm not saying Easton can't, because I, I think that he really hasn't gotten that opportunity to show what he can do. Like I, I would have, I would have liked to see Easton as the number two quarterback last year. Hundred um, percent. So, you, you you run into this kind of dilemma where, all right, there's veterans out there. Um, they're going to cost money, but is that money worth it to have an insurance policy of a of a veteran who's won games? Who you can say, hey, if, if my guy goes down for a little bit, this guy is this guy can come in and, and do his thing. So like I'm, I, I go back and forth, especially with a quarterback as elite as Justin. I feel like the, the better quarterback that you have, money, it's like you almost have to you almost have to get a guy. You can never equal it, but but a veteran who you would be comfortable with for a month without your number one and i hope easton is that guy i really so, do because we, we we love him but I, i'm just not sure and i don't know where do you fall on that because i, I do think that that backup quarterback i would invest a lot if i was a geo
0: so you make a great point except i'll i'll disagree with you in one aspect of it and that's the window if if your starter is down four games you're probably screwed <laughs> it's just the reality in the NFL with how much, yeah. like you said, with how much money quarterbacks make. You're yeah. probably screwed. Now, Cooper Rush did it last year for Dak, right? It worked. And they ended up making We the thought post-season. Dallas was done in September. Right. And Cooper Rush plays great. Typically, and this is just me interpreting what I've heard about front, front offices. They want the backup quarterback to win a half. If my guy's got to go out and we got a lead at halftime and you now have to play the third and fourth quarter – Can we maintain that lead? Can we win the game? That's what I need you to do. And worst case scenario, I need you next week. Six quarters is typically what they're looking at. Can my guy go out and win six quarters of football? So, yes, I think Easton can do that. And I know he's shown very little that would lead the people listening to believe, like, well, why would you say that? For me, it's just something that we talked about with Drew, instincts, Processing smarts, understanding the system, and Easton's athletic. You could make, you could cut the field in half, have him do a bunch of rollouts, designed runs. You know, he's an athlete. Easton could be a Taysom Hill-like player. I believe he's not quite as big or as thick, but he's big enough, and he's thick enough that he could end up doing something like that. So, that's that's kind of the way I look at it. Can you win six quarters? And I think Easton can do that. And for me, the more important part of it is how, how is he in the room? What does he do to make Justin a better quarterback? And by all accounts, for those that work with him and are around the team a lot, Justin really likes having him in the room. So that's, that's the most important thing. But I think the one, the one thing that'll go overlooked. I'll just repeat it real quick is what Kellen Moore, how his role in this was and, yeah. and why I really appreciate that compared to the guy we had last and, and, the player that he wanted on this roster in order to execute what his vision was. I, I really appreciate that Kellen is comfortable with whatever Justin's comfortable with and not insisting upon having a guy as a backup to somehow interpret what he's trying to convey.
1: No doubt. You know, the, the one example, I, I, Jacoby Brissett last year, he had the Browns in every freaking game, man. And, and really... Those losses yeah. really were not on him. I mean, the, the defense faltered. But see, and... that's
0: a different backup, Chris. You know, like that's a different backup. Now you're spending, t- and they, they paid him in accordingly. You're going to be a half-season starter. Yeah. So we're going to give you $10 million bucks. And that's, when you but look see, at what That's Andy what I'm Dalton... asking.
1: Is, is the $10 million worth it? No, 10, because no? we
0: expect Justin to play 17 games. So Andy Dalton, we knew, was going to challenge Jameis. They weren't sure if Jameis was the guy. We knew that Mitch Trubisky was going to was going to probably start, and you know Kenny Pickett was going to be the backup to start. And and the the hope was Mitch is the starter all year. That's a different backup than you know Jared. Here's this is the interesting one, Jared Stidham. Yeah, Sean Payton coming in like, hey, I don't know Russell. I don't know. I hope you're the guy, but I don't know. So I'm going to bring Jared Stidham in at four and a half million bucks a year, a big number when your quarterback's making 48 million bucks. Because I don't know, you know, if you know, then it looks like Chad Henney at 38 years old behind Patrick Mahomes. It, yeah, that's that's the difference when you, yeah. it's Cooper Rush behind Dak Prescott. It, like Matt so,
1: Hasselbeck with Andrew Luck. Right? Exactly.
0: It's yeah. you know. That's what it looked Curtis Painter behind Peyton Manning. Jim Sorgi behind Peyton Manning. That's what it looks like. So this is in step with having I don't even know who Joe Burrow's backup is. I was trying to I mean, it was AJ McCarron, I think, for a second, but I don't know who it is now. like
1: Hit the XFL, baby.
0: Yeah. So that this this is what the backup looks like when you have a Justin Herbert. You expect him to play seventeen games. You've built your team for him to play seventeen games. And if he goes down,
1: oh boy. Yeah. We'll wrap on this pro days all around the NFL, man. Uh, And this isn't really charge related, but I guess it it is applicable because there could be five quarterbacks taken before 21, man. The the hooker thing is, is fascinating because if if he does get selected, he'll probably be the fifth quarterback and the chargers, you know, move up to 16, essentially. Um, What are your thoughts on what the Panthers may do at number one overall? I think they have like 14 people at Stroud's pro day today. So,
0: I still think Bryce Young's the best quarterback. I'm biased, of course. He's a Monday-day yeah. kid. I, I watched what I thought was some of the best high school football I've ever seen in my life when he was quarterbacking. You could see it at that level, and obviously you saw it at, at Alabama. Everybody says the same thing, and it's, it's foolish to say because it's just not the case. Yes, obviously. If, if Bryce Young is six foot two, two 215 pounds – He's in the conversation with Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence as one of these elite players that you are so lucky you got the number one pick in the draft. But because he's five foot ten and he is small, I know he weighed in at 200 pounds, but he's just a slight player. He's not, he's not Kyler Murray. He's not Russell Wilson. These guys that are short, but they're stout. That's not Bryce. He's slight, and he's short. But, man, is he good and every quarterback has flaws every single one of them that you know cj stroud isn't athletic enough will levis year wasn't that great was it because he was injured was he behind an offensive line anthony richardson is super athletic but is incredibly raw accuracy issues some real stinkers uh did not have a winning record all that sort of stuff. Can so you everyone's see Richardson
1: going ahead of those guys? I can't see that. I can't see him going I can, ahead of Strouder. You can?
0: I can. I can see it just because of how ridiculous it is. It is. He's a physical Rejection. freak. Complete. It is. when He's he's sort of not. like He's not joking in terms of the physical profile when he calls himself Cam Jackson. you know, Or Lamar Newton. He's that fast. He's that big. He's that strong. The problem is, Lamar Jackson won the Heisman. Cam Newton won a national championship. Anthony Richardson's done nothing but post a losing record in his one season, full season as a starter. So th- th- there's the issue. So each, what I'm getting at is each of them have issues. I'm going to take the best guy, and cross my fingers that the issue I, that the issue with Bryce Young being too small <clears throat> doesn't show up. I'm going invest heavily on the offensive line. Heavily in a run game, I'm going to protect the heck out of them. And that's, that's what I would do. But there's people that think yeah. Thomas Davis, old friend alert on NFL Network, says he thinks it's Anthony Richardson. That, that he thinks they want, to, they want to try to recreate that Cam frenzy that really had Panthers fans frothing at the mouth and helped take them to a Super Bowl and won an MVP. And that they want, to, they want that again. And that Richardson would be the guy at number one. So, wow. yeah, if it were me, it'd be Bryce.
1: And you I also guess if hear, it's not. Yeah, I was going to say, you, you also hear uh, whispers that Frank Reich likes big quarterbacks. And, you know, Josh McCown's quarterback coach, big guy. In the room. He said not necessarily. Um, I, I don't know. The way Stroud threw at the combine and just, like you said, Bryce is just just put on the tape. Right, just put on the tape like those two that's guys. It. I think he's are, the best the, quarterback. It's guys, not I close. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Like that's the thing is there's a there's a gap. There is a gap between Bryce Young and everybody else in terms of what's on tape. So, for me, I I would just again, it's a lot of draft capital to give up to go up to number one, but I would rather take the risk that I can keep the best quarterback healthy, as opposed to. I can get C.J. Stroud to be a little bit more athletic because you got to be able to move in this league and that Will Levis was a product of his environment and a beat-up O-line in the SEC and myriad injuries that prevented him from playing at an incredibly high level, and I'll bet on those physical tools, or just the raw, the, 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 the high, high, high ceiling and low, low, low floor of Anthony Richardson. I'd rather take the Bryce Young risk.
1: Yeah, agreed. Uh, hey, speaking of old friend alert that are linebackers, Denzel Perryman going to the Texans. Oh, how about that? So there we go. Going with I can, play see, that. Play I can play play see that. Play for D'Amico.
0: Physical, tough guy. Perryman, physical, tough guy. Smart player. One of my favorite chargers. Just, again, in that same best. lane of couldn't stay healthy, and it's, it's unfortunate. Now his not staying healthy was a product of the way
1: he plays football <laughs> because man, he makes you pay. He's he one makes of the to pay hitters. when
0: you come to meet him.
1: Yeah, I, I remember doing a podcast with him and Casey Hayward and uh, Casey just had me dying, just talking about the way that Denzel plays. He's like, "Uh oh, not today." <laughs> yeah, Denzel knocking your knocking your block off, man. When he
0: was at Miami and coming out for the draft, and Bucky and I were doing the draft podcast before DJ showed up to do move the sticks and all that we um had Denzel in he was making the rounds as a you know incoming college player he showed up into the the studio in a sleeveless shirt and I just remember him walking and I was like, like how do you even escape those arms like once those arms get around you it's just you're over it's done they're, they're, this guy's gonna have zero missed tackles because once he makes contact you're done He's oh. so good for him. I, I hope he got a big number and he, he keeps the career going cuz he's he's one of my favorites and a very likable
1: person too. Yeah, I miss that guy. All right, yeah. money. We'll wrap it up. Uh I get, we'll go draft heavy. You know, we we got a month away until yeah. uh till the first round and uh, as these pro days come pouring in, we'll we'll get uh draft experts on. Maybe we can get DJ on before uh before the Chargers pick at uh Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he'd agree to do it. He's a tough guy to
0: track down. I
1: don't know. Maybe he's a, he's a busy man though. You know? So I, I don't don't know if we're on the top of the docket, but maybe we can get him.
0: I think he's, he's done. He's, he's got to get everything done by the combine. Once he gets past the combine, he's already done all these guys. He's graded them. He's got it all laid out. There's now he's just pounding the pavement and working the phones and trying to get some answers, you know? So his, his heavy lifting of watching all that tape and preparing for 600 guys and stuff like that. He's already got that
1: squared away. The hay is in the barn for danger. There all you go. Exactly. Right. All right, guys. appreciate you listening and watching. As always, for money, I'm Chris. This has been Chargers Weekly. As the official hospitality provider of the NFL, On Location offers unrivaled access to experience all premier NFL events like never before. On Location brings you up close for all the action, providing fans with unforgettable moments from draft day to Super Bowl Sunday and everything in between. On location, thrilled to announce its new partnership with the Pro Football Hall of Fame. This August, kickoff football season in Canton, Ohio, and be there live to witness the Class of 2023 enshrinement. The NFL also headed back to London and Germany for the 2023 NFL International Games. On location, official packages will feature game tickets, deluxe hotel accommodations, private tours, pregame hospitality, end-to-end planning, and much more. Be sure to secure your priority access today. Visit NFLOnLocation.com or search NFL On Location today. Your football experience of a lifetime awaits only with On Location.